Good afternoon, this is a Bridges of Meaning Discord conversation. I'm Job, and today my guest is Kosnahang. How are you? I'm fine, how are you? Well, pretty good, all things considered with the crisis. I'm happily unemployed. Um, I usually start with the question of what brought you to the Discord, because you've been here for a while, but I actually don't know how that got to happen. Okay, so um, back in the day, um, Jordan Peterson um, had an interesting conversation with Kathy Newman on Channel 4 in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, I missed that. And then a friend of mine about two days later showed it to me on YouTube. And he's he was much more right-wing than I am. Um, I have to say I'm the liberal here. Um, I'm the one who didn't want Brexit to happen and things. Um, and... Uh, that was just like, wow, this Jordan Peterson person has got something to say. Um, I then listened to um, the meaning stuff. I then got into the biblical stuff almost immediately. And I've got a very strong religious faith. I have done since I was 11-ish um, out of a family that had no faith at all. Mm. And um, that really, but the whole Genesis thing was like, Okay, I've spent two years at Bible College. Um, I've worked as a Christian missionary for 10 years. I'm very involved in my church. I've never heard any teaching like this. Right. And not only that, but it's really, really interesting the way he's put it. Um, it's not all what I expected, but it's really interesting and it needs working through. And then, of course, that led me somehow YouTube pointed me out to... Um, see Paul's very first video um, uh, which I watched probably within a day or two of him actually pushing it out um, and I've been sort of hooked ever since and I think I've watched virtually all Paul's videos except there are maybe two or three which I haven't got round to yet um, the reason I got into this I was actually unemployed at the time I work in computing like you do and uh, was having a moment in between jobs mm-hmm so that's how it all started, yeah. So I got onto Discord server probably quite late, actually. Um, it was already quite a humming little activity hive, um, mainly because I struggled to get, you know, that initially Paul was issuing um, 10 invites at a time or something, and mm -hmm. uh, I was just never, I was always like the 11th person. Um, <laughs> and, and that's the same reason I never actually talked to Paul directly is because I never seemed to be on the uh, invite thing at the right moment to grab him. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, uh, not that fast at things. And now I'm back at work. Um, I've had less time to do things as well. So I've been, so like with a Discord server, I get to see an hour of it a day at the most. And then I have to go off and do other things, which is uh, not always the easiest because some of the conversation is really helpful and useful. Um, Shelley and I, it's quite interesting how much overlap there is. We've very much doing the same things she's doing the same things as i was doing back in the 90s I came back to the uk in 2003 so uh, that's been quite interesting but uh yeah it, it's been i tried running a a jordan peterson meetup didn't work here that was quite interesting uh, i had individuals turn up on different different days and talk to people and then that all sort of faded away um probably started six months too late um to really catch it in the uk um 
So that's where I am, really. Um, question. So people did show up to your meetup, though. Just, just one each time. It was a different person, <laughs> so it didn't okay. really. It never. I, I did. I kept going for six months, turning up at the. Uh, I used because I because I've got access to the church. I, I used to use the room in the church, and um, over six months, I got about three people hmm. at different ones. So, so it never really got going. They wouldn't come back either. No, no. Um, and I, I had about twenty people sort of say, "Oh, we'll turn up on the uh, meetup thing," but no one actually did. No, that's so. too bad. Yeah, yeah. So, but, and, and and the friend who introduced me to all this, I was now emigrated to Australia as well, which didn't help. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. And there's not otherwise a, a community around you that, apart from your church, would be interested in this. No one in the church is that gripped at all. No, I, I'm, it's um, so I come from um, I'm in a Baptist church, um, very charismatic, um, very much into um, the Bethel type things. If you've heard of them, no. Um, they're, they're the ones that Paul doesn't like that much um, <laughs> within the great scheme of things. And, and I can see, you know, there's a, a lot of theological difficulties with them. I, I'm also not sort of in, in Paul's very much in the Reformed Church and Reformed in the UK is a tiny, tiny minority of people, even within the Christian community, which is pretty small as well. Um, so you'd be difficult. I mean, I don't think... Do you know, I couldn't tell you where the nearest Reformed church is except central London, which is like 45 kilometers away. I know there is one in central London. So that's quite interesting that to, to, to listen to Paul, because I've been aware of reform because of my Bible college training, but uh, never actually seriously interacted with someone of a reform background for 30 plus years. But of course, you live in Holland. I mean, you don't really get a choice there, do you? <laughs> Not much. I mean, well, depends <laughs> on where you are, really. I mean, as soon as I travel down south, I run into a Catholic country. So it just happens that, that the part of the Netherlands where I am is just mostly Protestant. But And Protestant um, Reformed as well. Yes. Oh, we had this lovely so. girl. Yeah, yeah. We had this lovely girl um, when we were in mission. Um, turn up and uh, she had come from a place called Urk oh, which yes. you may have heard of oh yeah and, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so she'd escaped when she was 16 and then uh, so uh, and then she escaped Christianity and then came back to it through doing alpha courses through a church oh. somewhere in San and then uh, decided to go out into mission so it was quite interesting her background but yes so reformed as i say reformed is quite strange to us but it's very interesting just listening to i think especially i've just been a third of the way through um the crc um rc whatever it is um discussion that paul's just put up today and i listened very carefully as well to the debates he had last year about the same-sex marriage things that are going on there because they are very much echoed inside our church. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the value of listening to people who've been through that 
quite difficult thing, especially the California experience, of course, where, you know, they're probably three or four years ahead of us anyway, um, or are trying to catch up. But, uh, yeah, that's been really, really helpful. Um, and his wisdom is just so great anyway. You know, he really sort of nails it, even though he's a year or so younger than me, I think. A bit frightening, really. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. So you said you were raised in in a so your family didn't raise you with faith. Is, did I understand that correctly? That's true. Um, I was christened, but that was the sort of thing you did. Mm -hmm. um, we have a phrase, or my grandfather had a phrase. He called it hatches, matches, and dispatches, um, and that's what they used church for hatching and it was christening matching marrying and dispatching burials and funerals and you know if you turned up in between the church was grateful um so that was the sort of faith they had um my parents marriage went into a nosedive sometime around when i was eight or nine i think probably mm. before but that's when i noticed it uh, or i didn't even notice it i don't think if you'd asked me as a kid, how's your parents' marriage? I wouldn't have known to say it was bad or having a problem. But you sense these things, I think, more than than know them as, at that age. And I started going to church around that time, as, and then the marriage broke up, and I was going to, and then we moved, which was not great actually for my church life because we moved from a from a place where there was a good evangelical Anglican to a really dead Anglican and um, I was the only person under 40 probably in the church Ouch. which wasn't great and I survived that for two or three years and then left again and sort of wandered for a while until I was 17, 18 when um, the school Christian Union started up and I attended that and, and almost immediately prayed the prayer as, as they say and uh, I remember cycling home from that sort of encounter I had with someone and praying the prayer and by the time I got home I just had an incredible sense of peace in my heart um, my mother's second marriage was breaking up badly at the time stepfather was alcoholic type thing so yeah it was a, a fairly unpleasant place at home with violence and things going on and, uh, and yeah this enormous sense of peace washed over me so I've been his ever since yeah wow because that's how it happened like you were you, you you prayed the prayer and that that was it yeah that was basically it um i don't think i've really looked back i had one bad moment i think at university but the rest of the time yeah i've been pretty much um following him in a, in a very definite way um when i left university i really wanted to join the army uh, quite a strong army background in the family um, and um, the, uh, the the real sensation I got from God uh, uh, it was that sort of quite definite not definite speaking in a voice but definite knowing that I wasn't to do that but I would go overseas and, and be a missionary uh, and that took me about five years between times between hearing that and then being overseas so in, in the meantime, married and had a couple of kids and uh, got ourselves through Bible college and then went overseas. 
So that's sort of like my mid twenties into my early thirties. And then we spent basically our thirties overseas and then came back 15, 16 years ago. Where was the overseas? So I worked for a Christian charity um, and we were in a sort of Central Asian country and we set up libraries that had, so the people in the States would send over books. We'd get about, so we had all together, I, I ran six libraries, one in the central location in the capital, um, which had about 30,000 books and the other ones had about five or 6,000 books each. But we also taught English. As the internet arrived, we began to teach computers and the internet and normally one other thing as well. Um, so the Dutch girl I mentioned earlier was working with a German girl and they were both nurses, physiotherapists, and they started doing inclusive education uh, in their area. They found some children who had cerebral palsy and were basically just pushed into a back yard and uh, kept out the way of everybody else and they realized that people there were more of these than they they realized around and mm. no one was talking to each other so they set up a mother's group to begin with and then uh, that became oh but these kids can actually do things <laughs> type really is that true yes it is true and we're going to prove it and so they wow. got a classroom off a local school and uh, bust them all in we paid for the bus and uh, and all the button the bus driver for four or five years and uh, they began to graduate from this specialist class that began to read and write, catch up with a couple of years of schooling, and then go into normal school. So uh, the lady, the, the German lady, won a, an award for that from the UN, which was, you know, a big thing for us. Very cool, man. So, uh, That's so great. And uh, yeah, and then you, I, I, you're involved in disabled things as well, aren't you? I mean, I. I, I picked that up along the way so obviously you're unemployed at the moment so you're not doing anything particular <laughs> on that level but uh... no <laughs> I, I do work in digital accessibility most of the time so uh, in the sense that I consult companies when they want to build something um, and I, I try to make sure they follow the, the guidelines but it's a prayer without end so you were overseas and you were, this was between your 20s and 30s, you said? In my 30s, yeah, mostly. You had kids already? Yeah, I came out when I was 40. Yeah, so we, we went out with all three of them. Um, uh, we went When we arrived, we had a one-year-old, a three-year-old, and a five-year-old. Wow. Um, so they're all grown up now. Um, they've all, you know, migrated away, doing really well for themselves. Um, one of them's working sort of in overseas stuff, but the other two are basically UK-based. Hmm. Yeah. Did they uh, did they keep the faith? Uh, two out of three. Two oh. out of three. Um, the middle one decided not to when she was fourteen and has never come back. So that's quite interesting. There are some key points. I mean, I think it's one of the interesting things being in the UK church is we're so I don't know what it's like in Holland and what the numbers are. I could look it up in Operation World, I suppose. Um, but um, the uh, in the UK, about 5% of people regularly go to church every Sunday. Um, about 
3% of people are evangelical, uh, which is where we're stuck in. Uh, about most of those are charismatic evangelicals these days. There's very few, or it feels like there's very few non-charismatic evangelicals left in the UK. Um, and what happens is that you see the kids arriving into their puberty and making decisions at that point either it's cool or it's not cool to stay a Christian. Mm. And then there's another massive cull when they go to university, when they suddenly realize that it's no longer their faith, but actually it was their parents' faith they've been living off. Um, and that's quite a big thing. And, and interestingly enough, of course, this whole meaning crisis thing is actually kids from non-Christian homes having to realize that they don't, that their, their parents' certainties or lack of interest or whatever in 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 non-christian in a non-christian way hits them and the, the the crisis of faith happens at that point uh interesting enough we've had a couple we've had one young lad who went all the way through that process um as a christian and then suddenly at the end of university said no i'm not doing it <laughs> which is really weird as well and i was trying to reach out to him and say okay so what actually happened because i think it's a the, the meaning crisis he's probably the first person i know who's actually truly in the meaning crisis in a uk sense um which is quite interesting i haven't really got a lot back with him but he's uh, actually he's back at home with the covid virus i might try and phone him and see how bored he is oh he's, i gave him he's, uh, he's the no he's not but he, the, the universities have all closed and he was in a flat on his own his his work his work closed down so you know he's grabbed his laptop and come back home to be with his parents rather than sit, sitting in a one-bedroom flat in uh, <laughs> 25 you know 100 yeah, yeah. miles away from here um but i gave him the 12 steps um from jordan peterson so uh we'll see if that's made any effect on him and what he's thinking about that <laughs> yeah i'd be curious on that note, have you have you noticed any? You're back on your bad um, mic again, I'm afraid, Joe. I think you're just going to have to. Well, I'll, I'll I'll count to two after you talk, and then you can edit yourself through. <laughs> I haven't even done anything. Like nothing changed. I'm just talking. Oh well, I don't know. It might be a browser problem at this point, or a Discord problem. I have no way of knowing. Anyway, um, have you noticed in your church any any changes with regards to younger people or people coming to church who didn't before? I didn't catch that. Oh boy! Something about like churches before. Is it that bad? Hmm. Yep. <sighs> Start typing. <laughs> <laughs> What else could it be? Computers. Let's see. Voice and video. Input devices. My good microphone. One, two, one, two, one, two. All right. Let's try this. That's better. It's as soon as I just go to Discord and check my audio, then for some reason it 
fixes itself. Anyway, have you found uh, people coming to your church who didn't before in recent times? No. No, we haven't. But that's not surprising. We are out of the way. We've got... Um, so we're in a quite high-value housing area. So we... Mm. It's interesting, our congregation is split. Um, it, you know, if you had a normal distribution curve for, for, the, for, the, for age or wealth in society, you'd have a bell. But what we've got is like two humps on a camel. Uh, bacterian camel, in fact, which comes from the area where I was in Central Asia. But... Um, the uh, so we've got those who are very poor and we've got those who are quite well off and um, not much in the middle and we've got those who are children and youth and we've got parents and old people but we haven't got anybody in that transitional moment between 20 and 35 because they can't afford to live here um, so that we don't see a lot of the people you might expect to have um, that sort of interest in Jordan Peterson and the meaning crisis in in that way coming to us because we're just not the right demographic for them. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, they call it stockbroker belt, sorry. And I think that you know that you've got you have got people who are really in a bad state. So we've been the church as a whole has had two or three major outreach programs going on into some very poor estates that are near the church um one place you know we've dealt with that they, they've really they, the police were really frightened about going in there for a longish time and then they've just built another estate which it, it, it's almost guaranteed to be bad the way they've um, and so myself and another guy from church um, printed up just a whole load of leaflets, got some local businesses to put some vouchers in and everything else, and uh, put a fridge magnet in as well, with you know a, a blessing on it, and uh, went and knocked on every single door, uh, which was quite interesting actually to to meet the what was the the people because we are quite a white area, mm -hmm. um, and the people on the new estate are probably two thirds non-white. That's going to be quite a no one no no one planned that I don't think but it's going to mix the area quite dramatically in the next few years and there's no there's literally no they they they, they let them build it in such a way that there's no shops there's no social thing at all there's no community buildings at all in um, over 500 home estate. Um, so that's quite shocking, really, that uh, that's happened. But uh, it means, for example, that there's probably maybe 100 Muslim households down there with no mosque. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. It's kind of a community desert. Yeah, exactly. They, they, they've built a, a, almost quite deliberately a community desert. Oh, and the other thing is that it backs onto the countryside and onto a whole load of footpaths that you could get onto, and they basically put a fence up to make sure that no one can cross that boundary, because we have a thing called NIMBY, uh, which is not in my backyard, <laughs> uh, and basically the local community fought this 
for so long that one of the conditions is that they don't allow these people to escape into the countryside. Um, so mm. they're, they're, they're kettled away in, inside their own community and there's nowhere, there is no escape. Um, which is quite sad. difficult. Yeah. So we have people coming to the church from there, two or three families, um, single parents, obviously. Mm. Uh, that, you know, the, I don't think you know, there aren't uh, that many happy families on that estate, unfortunately. I'm sorry so, to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting. You know, you're reading all sorts of exciting books. Um, well, actually, they're deathly dull, it sounds to me. Um, people like Dostoevsky and people <laughs> like that. I, I've got them on my, on, on my shelves. And they've been on my shelves for 25 years or more. I never actually got to read the Brothers Karamazov or anything like that, which I should have read in Russian while I when while I knew Russian well enough to read it, but I didn't. Um, but uh, yeah, it's quite interesting that that that's that's not the side of the of the discussion and discord that interests me in one sense. It's the community and the sort of general interest level that that makes it more interesting to me than the actual deep Jungian or anything else bit of it but do you find that quite satisfying don't you? you you find that quite quite sort of gripping to your intellect well think about it like this i'm currently reading a book called uh, plato and aristotle and how they their ideas have influenced the western mind and i'm reading that and i have a very basic education like really really basic uh, to give you an idea this was a school where you could either go into fashion, into nursing, into secretary work, and that was it. You don't learn that much there. So I'm reading these classic Greek thinkers, and I'm just happy I'm learning basic things of where certain ideas come from and how, how civilization was formed and how, how Plato and Socrates, uh, Aristotle uh, differed from each other. And to me, that's just, oh, I didn't know any of that stuff. And now, oh, now all these other ideas make sense. So, yeah, it's... If, if you're already coming from a classical education, yeah, then maybe that stuff wouldn't be so interesting. But to me, it's like, hey, I, I wish I had run into this stuff when I was 20 years younger because I might have done better. But, you know, any time is, is, is good now. So um, what I did want to ask, because you, you mentioned community. So what I noticed mm -hmm. in the Netherlands here is, and, and in, in other countries that are being um, targeted, let's say, or being influenced by COVID, is community gets destroyed in the classical sense. Um, but we, we, in, in my neighborhood, we see a lot of incentives of people coming together through other means. And mm -hmm. what does seem to happen is people are getting, they're looking around each other for stability and they see the church and they start listening to the online sermons that we now stream online. And like my church has said, hey, we are getting way more listeners than normally attend our normal services. And we have the church bells all ringed together of all the churches in my town and in other parts of the country in solidarity. And people really value that. Do you notice something like that where you are? I haven't seen it yet. We've only, so we're in week, we've only had one Sunday 
mm-hmm. where we've been in, in lockdown. Um, for our church, it was really hard. And in reality, we didn't do anything to do outreach with, with that. So we don't have any church bells. We're Baptists. We're not allowed to have church bells. Um, that's a privilege of the Anglican church. Um, our local Anglican is three kilometers away, the mm-hmm. nearest bells. So I wouldn't hear them here anyway. Um, the, uh, but this weekend we're, we're being much more, we've, we've suddenly got a thing called, um, Scapjack or something. I, I, I couldn't tell you the name of it. Anyway, we've, we've managed to find a way to broadcast properly. One of the guys in our church is, um, actually as, as, as his work, um, does church audio, um, sets it up for people professionally. So we've been working with him quite a lot to get everything sorted. Wait, what's his uh, name? So hopefully this Sunday. Pardon? What's his name? His name's Andrew. Okay. Yes. Oh, I yeah, can share yeah. it with you. Yeah, there was just a video with, with Glenn Scrivener from Street Life, and he was talking to a guy who also did that sort of stuff for a living. So I thought it would be very coincidental for the same guy. <laughs> but yeah. So. I don't think he's well known in that sense. He he used to be well known for doing other things. He used to work with McLaren, the racing car company, oh, okay. and did all their stuff. Um, and so we're hoping to get that streamed out. I, I'm hoping we will get more 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 value on that. Um, but our church channel is very small. Um, we normally get four people viewing it. The way street we've been streaming for several years, but not <laughs> but the church itself. Um, you only get four or five people watching it anyway of a week because, uh, and then we we don't we've only so in the UK the like the licensing situation was that if you streamed it and immediately wiped it, you didn't need a license. Uh, but if you stream it and save it, you need a license, and uh, the license wasn't very. The, the license was really hard to get. And you had to go through all sorts of hoops and loops, and of course, as soon as this happens. They issue you a little email saying, oh, now we've made the license really easy and you just have to pay 100 euros. Here you go. And so we have. We paid our 100 euros and hopefully it'll get better for us. And we'll be able to reach out because one of my my heart really is is, is to reach out. It's interesting. I'll be doing a, a daily devotional for the church and I've just done a whole load on the um, Lord's Prayer. And one of the things in the Lord's Prayer, it says, uh, you know, May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and it's your kingdom come. And mm-hmm. that kingdom come bit is really important to me. I really want to see the church growing and reaching out, um, which in a way is against the stream of the church's theology that basically we're there. That, that it's not, no one is going to admit it. No one is actually going to ever say this, but actually church exists so that we can be blessed and God can heal us. And God can show us his glory in a glory cloud or whatever else. Um, whereas most people really are reaching out. So, yeah, it's quite interesting that there's that sort of underlying element in, in, in church life that we're very happy, actually, with just the number of people we've got and the nice things our church does. Um, then there is a small group of us who are more enthused about reaching out. And unfortunately, uh, the lady who does most of our, our pastoral work has just got 
the, a nasty virus. She's always she's quite susceptible. She had TB a few years ago, so mm. hopefully she's going to be fine. But she and her husband would went down with it today, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I hope they'll be okay. TB, wow. I, I yeah, yeah. Was she was doing stuff in India. Ah, okay. Right, right. Oh, that's nasty. Uh, let's see. Uh, there was this thing I wanted to ask. Oh, yeah. I, I What I find to You've be most difficult... 15 minutes. I do? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> what, I, uh, what I find really difficult is to keep the congregation together. Uh, for instance, last week, four people in my congregation died. Now, not, not COVID-related, they, they died of various causes. And today I heard another person died. It's five people in a week. And we, we should be able to come together as a congregation and, you know, pay our respects and remember them fondly. And, you know, one of them was one of our organists. And like, yeah, we're all going to miss his music. And all we can do is write a letter, you know. And uh, wow. I, I think that's the most difficult part right now, especially for the older people. They, they, they can't find this community now. So I've been trying to ask my uh, church council, like, hey, can I have a list of people that are isolated, that are single, that are old, that I can give a phone call or write a, write a letter to? And I don't know, so far that's not really... It's not really going anywhere, but... I don't know how, how large your church is. I think ours is about, in total, 700 enlisted members. And I think about various, like maybe 200 show up. But I, I'm, I'm just, uh, I hope we can keep this stuff together. And that, that I, I'm worried about these smaller churches and whether they will just implode or not because of all this. Yeah, that's quite shocking to lose five people. So our membership is 125, and we get about 150 on a Sunday morning. Um, we're much smaller because we're not registered or state or anything, so we, we just grab people who are coming in. Um, we haven't had anyone die yet, fortunately. My wife, is, you know, the hospital is getting ready for a massive influx. We're obviously a week or so behind you. Um, mm. we will see people die um, almost certainly and I think you're right that it's it's interesting with the Ebola thing that went on um, in Africa um, was the, the, the place where people got Ebola was funerals um, oh, yeah. because it was such a strong culture to get to a funeral to say goodbye to somebody everyone had to turn up there was no cultural choice in that sense. And that's what killed them. Because when they got to the funeral, everyone or somebody had, had cleaned the body down. That person was then shaking hands with everybody else and infecting them. And if not shaking hands and hugging and kissing and them hugging and kissing the bodies, it went to, the, to, to be buried. And of course, if you've got a bowler, the, the small amounts of um, stuff off a body will uh, kill you pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and that's the difficulty with the virus, isn't it? That, that, that you know, what are you going to do? Um, you know, even a funeral that, that, that 
unless it's a lead-lined coffee coffin, which is quite interestingly what they did for the um, people in the Spanish. Sorry, I can't call it the Spanish flu, can I? The nineteen eighteen <laughs> flu. Um, <laughs> they lined coffins with lead to try and uh, prevent further infection. Uh, not knowing that viruses existed at the time, they knew about bacteria, but they didn't know about viruses in the 1918. Um, I think, yeah, some they, they're presumably going to wrap these bodies in plastic and seal them up uh, pretty tightly. But yeah, you wouldn't want to be at a, a funeral where that plastic was in any way damaged or leaking, and everyone then, you know, one dead person infects two or three hundred other people. It's very difficult. There's a really good song, by the way, if you have in that situation and you want to sort of, it's a grieving type song. It's called The Old Churchyard. Uh, you'll find it on YouTube. Um, I think it just gives some perspective on the whole thing. Um, I'm very fond of folk music. So if you're not into folk music, it's probably not going to be your flavour. But hey I'll give it a listen. Yeah. Say it again. I'll, I'll give it a listen. Did my microphone go bad again? Yeah. I. Yeah, sorry about that, John. Uh, I I don't know how to fix this apart from trying to reset it every every once in a while. Yeah. But. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, um. Okay. One one thing we're, one thing we're trying in my church. Conclear. Yeah, I I just did a quick quick check with Discord. Um, one thing I've we've, we're doing with my church is. Uh, um, for instance, tomorrow I'm on duty from 6 to 8 p.m. Um, I go to church, to the church, I pick up the key, um, I open all the doors to the main church hall so everybody can come into the main church hall without touching any of the doors. And then they can uh, light a candle with an already lit candle and they can just sit and have their moments of silence. Uh, maximum of 20 people at the same time. And they have to sit at a particular distance from each other. So we've marked out all the chairs that can't be sat on. And uh, yeah, people have found that valuable, I notice. They, they come in, they take their time. And I'm just sitting there reading my book, kind of making sure that everything goes properly. And yeah, people value that. They can say hi to each other from a distance. And it's not going yeah. to be good enough for That's really good. real old people that are sitting in a nursing home. I mean, they're just, they've got it the worst off. And my heart breaks for them because, you know, the one thing they had as a community, they now can't attend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, 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 so basically all church buildings are closed. <laughs> um, you can go in as an individual, uh, but you're only there one at a time in the building. Mm. Uh, we we are Baptists, as I say. We don't do candles. We don't have a sanctuary in 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 in, in, in or a, a, a so the church space that we normally use is 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 actually at the moment full of children's nursery kit because that's what it normally is during the week. And it's just been almost like abandoned. I went in today. We had um, YouTube was playing up and saying that um, my 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 me trying to use it to the to um, do the church was actually causing a a problem with um, Google saying, oh, you're trying to do it and you're trying to take over this account when you shouldn't be. So I had to go in and ver verify my email and everything else for YouTube. Um, but it was really weird going in because it's just full of kids stuff that's been abandoned almost. It's it's like a, 
like one of those sort of horror movies where the whole town's died, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, although well, no one actually has. Yeah, um, yeah it's quite... The, the whole COVID thing is... It's interesting because I go cycling. I'm sorry, I, as a Dutch person, I know you hate cycling. <laughs> um, but... Um, and it's amazing how many people are still out and about, even in, in rural Surrey. Um, and, of course, the government's allowed us to go out once a day to do some exercise, so I go off and cycle. Um, but, uh, yeah, the church and, and other buildings pretty much closed down and, and no one's working. Everyone's working from home. It's all pretty difficult. Yeah. Yeah, there are going to be some very emotional church services whenever this is over. Uh, yeah, it's going to be really good. Well, our, our fortunate in our church is that we've got, so as my um, PA friend calls them, Von Trapp families, um, who have enough people in them to actually make a little musical group and actually lead the worship on a Sunday because um, what you can't do is actually very easily coordinate multiple instruments or, or um, singers across different um places in, in a zoom network or anything like that mm. uh, because of the time lags it's almost impossible to actually do that so uh, yeah we've got uh, five von trap families as we now thinking of them need <laughs> <laughs> things so that's really good it's uh, that's, that's a blessing in these times i guess <laughs> it is it is um quite amusing as well to to think of those those terms mm. um uh, yeah, we, we um, got a bit of time left. Is there anything you particularly want to talk about? No, no, it's it's quite interesting because I've always wanted to to do a talk like this, but I, when I came to it, I just I don't have any big burning questions in my mind or anything. It's not like I'm going through a crisis or anything. <laughs> That's I'm, fine. Uh, just That's quietly getting on with my life and getting getting keeping moving. Well, it, I, I just like to say that it's one of the things that. When I first heard the Jordan Peterson stuff, and, and especially the, the the Genesis stuff, it really the impact on me was that I suddenly realised I got to my mid fifties, which I was at the time, and I had sort of stopped growing in a way as as a human being and mm -hmm. maturing, and, and I hadn't really done anything like that for a while, and suddenly it was like yes. There's actually more to get. There's more to learn, more to, to know, more to find out, more to grow into, um, which was really, really helpful. And, and for you as a younger person, which I know you are, um, it, it is amazing that you can do all that and that you can actually, you know, suddenly, you know, you've met um, the, the two Dutchmen in America um, who are barely Dutchmen at all, but you probably in your mind. Um, but Van Dank and, and, and Van der Klee and you know to sit with them and, and to chit chat and everything else is just amazing really I mean you know I think one of the things that this whole movement has has done is actually brought people together who needed the stimulation of each other and, and needed the yeah the, the stimulation of each other and it didn't matter in one sense where it took them Although, actually, I think it's taken them in a very positive direction. Um, and especially, you know, it's just great to hear your... I remember seeing your first video with Paul, and I, I just laughed. I laughed the whole way through. It was just amazing. I just thought, 
this guy has been caught. He got God has cornered him, and there's no way out. And he's going to move on in, in in an amazing faith-driven way. Um, and I could just see it. I could just see God God moving in that way. And I just thought, yes, there's a whole dynamic in here that's just really positive. Um, I don't know how you, if you've gone back and looked at that video again now recently because it's it is just amazing looking back in my brain to see it, it how, how God had had chased you down and and there was no escape. Yeah, it's it's funny to look at those older videos where I'm just kind of flailing about, not understanding what's going on. Not that I understand it that much more now, but at least it's sort of calmed down a bit. But yeah, it, <laughs> I don't know. It, it was just it was just. I needed to talk to somebody, and I'm just glad Paul did. And uh, yeah, it's been a weird two mm-hmm. years, that's for sure. And yeah, yeah. I mean, at yeah, least yeah. that's what this COVID thing does. Is well, the moment it hits, I just notice how how I've come to love my church, I love the people there, and how much I need them. And and I don't know, I want to fix it. But yeah, that's 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 just gonna be a while. But that, yeah, that's something it, that's it, 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 Yeah, go ahead. It's world changing. It really is. I think none of us will be the same at the back end of it, and for whatever reasons. And I'm talking to people at work. You know, there's because um, I'm carrying on working at home and doing this sort of chit chat back and forth with people at work as well. And yeah, it's it's going to change everyone. Mm. Yeah, I think it's going to be the same. No, we're going to be that generation. It's like why why does why does grandpa always have so much toilet paper in his house? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yes, and and BC, as someone said, uh, takes on a different meaning suddenly. Yeah, before COVID and after oh, COVID. Yeah, yeah. It's. it's I mean, I I noticed that like we're, we're just going to be those people who are who are really anal retentive about washing our hands and making sure we have enough toilet paper. I mean, that's that's kind of funny and tragic, but it it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to drop off. I've got okay. another call. My uh, son and, and, and daughters are going to be calling me in. So, uh, yeah, yeah. it's been really good talking to you, Job. Yeah, you're one of those people who I see often enough on the Discord, but now I know a bit more about your story, and it's just been wonderful. So, thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Right. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Really. I'm just glad there are some companies who actually want to do that.